We're starting a new series, and uh, it's about grace. Now, grace is something that I believe that the church is called to display. And it is something that the world really needs. Um, just experience that at a robot. Um, on my way to church tonight, the, the robot had just turned green within a few, like within a few seconds, and the person hadn't quite seen it yet. And you know, they were delaying us by 30 seconds. And so I have to get on the hooter and hoot as anything. And I'm going, really? <laughs> Do we need that? And don't you find that, that we'd be getting shorter and shorter, um, not, not in height-wise, um, although that's due to come, but just in our temper, we find that we snap quicker, we, we respond to things differently, and yet we're called to display grace. And um, so what we're going to be doing is going through a series of looking through some of the verses that highlight grace, what is grace or the circumstances around that grace. And that's what we're going to be doing. Tonight we're going to be dealing with 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you can turn there so long. So when I was in primary school, I wasn't really great at sports. Now that may surprise you with this unique physique. Um, but I was so bad at sports that I was often chosen. You know how they, they had the soccer ball and you had two captains and they would choose the teams? I was often chosen after the asthmatic kid. And it was often like the kind of basis, no, you have him. No, 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 we're fine, you have him. I'm like, come on, guys. You know, at least I could just stand there, I could do something. You know, chosen. Um, I eventually learned how to master this by bringing the soccer ball. If I had the soccer ball, I could choose, you know, the captains. And I could control my circumstances. Um, and so that's what I would do. And I remember a friend bought a, a baseball bat and a, 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 a baseball and they were playing baseball the one day, and it was my turn to bat. And the guy decides to look at the pitcher, looks at me, and goes, okay, it's Dan. You know, the asthmatic kid couldn't do it. So this is now Dan. He's not going to be able to do this at all. And I remember the first pitch he, he sent at me, and I thought, okay, is it my cousin? You know, it's the south of Joburg. I'm good with baseball bats. And uh, I connected that second one. I connected this ball that sent it flying to the end of the, the field. Shock of everyone. In fact, the shock of me. I was like, what just happened? That made my day. I was going to become a baseball player. You know, come on, American World Series. Here we come. And uh, I just remember the whole change in me. And uh, circumstance. And I don't know if you've ever managed to get through a weakness to the point where it's turned around and, and you can go, whoa, what just happened? Well, Paul, he has been dealing in this, this text. He deals with a thorn. He talks about this thorn that is in his flesh. Now, the thorn that he's dealing with here isn't that, ouch, I picked up a rose. Ouch, that's going to hurt for a little while. It's going to be by the skin. Oh, look, it's gone. Kind of thorn. The translation here is actually almost the word is steak. Not in like steak as in meat as, as in what we're hoping to have for dinner tonight. Okay. But a steak. It was something that would be embedded in him, something that he would be aware of. Not just a, a ouch, but ow, impaled kind of expression that's, that's taking place here. And so what Paul's saying is, is he's, he's talking about this thorn, and, it, it, and it's hurting and it's painful. Now, I don't know if you've experienced something in a part of your body where you've hurt. Um, I dropped a log on my big toe. 
and my whole toenail kind of removed. And I remember even having to come preach. It was on Sunday uh, afternoon. I was doing some things before coming to church. And having to preach in the Stokey. And that whole, like, you wouldn't realize how much of an impact the little toe has. You know, know, this big toe. And it impacted me and it affected me. And this is the, the stake, the thorn that he's dealing with. That it's so infecting what I do and who I am. And this has got such an impact on me. This is what Paul's kind of dealing with. And what happens is I believe that we are sometimes each got thorns. Stakes on our side. Some things that are sometimes crippling us. Sometimes things that we are struggling with. Some things we are suffering with. Burdens we are carrying. And it's so hard, but sometimes we're so good at hiding it. Guys, when we get hurt, and then particularly when there's a girl we're trying to impress, and we, we bail, um, particularly if we bail like kind of lumsy, like walking to a pole or something like that. And, and what do we do instantly? We get up. I'm okay. I'm okay. My son's got that whole saying. He fell off his chair. He slid down. The chair went another way. And you just saw this thumb come up from underneath the table. I'm okay. Don't we sometimes do that? And I've titled tonight's sermon, What Are You Hiding? Because what are you going through? What are you masking up? What are you trying to to not let anyone see? I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting right now. I'm fine. What are you trying to cover up? Well, Paul knows this thorn. The church he's writing to in Corinth knows what this thorn would be. Now, we have no idea what Paul's thorn in his flesh is, it really is. We know it's, it's sent a messenger from Satan. He kind of highlights this. And so there's some thoughts around this, and no one really has a full answer to say what it is. It could be very physical, um, as we are aware that Paul's eyesight started going. Paul, who was shipwrecked, beaten, flogged, thrown in prison, rough experiences. I don't think anybody's body would be fine after going through that. Meaning been this pain that he's going through, maybe physically, and saying, God, can you take this from me? This is my physical struggle. Maybe in some people think it's a, psycholo- a psychological struggle. It's this burden that he has for the church. And, he, and you see that burden he has as he writes to the church in, he, in his letters. And just appealing to them and saying to them, you know, this is what you've got to do and what's going on. And the sake of unity and he's highlighting this for them. Maybe it's the burden that he carries for the Jewish nation. Being a Pharisee himself. Coming to a place and saying, you know, uh, you know that wish these people would turn to God. that see that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Maybe that's the burden he's carrying. That worry, that anxiety that may lead into kind of down days, moments of despair. Maybe that's you, that you're in a place of despair. Some view it that it could have been a sin that, that Paul was suffering with. But we can see in some of other texts that he writes in this that it's unlikely that he was referring to some form of sin. There's no basis. But sometimes some of the thorns that we have can be the sin we struggle with. Satan knows my weaknesses, and I have weaknesses. Satan doesn't kind of go, oh, sorry, I know you're bad in that area, so I'm going to leave this alone. But he knows where to attack me. So where are you, what are you hiding in this? Paul knew what he had to deal with. 
what are you hiding tonight? Let's read 2 Corinthians 12 from verse 7. Or because of these surprisingly great revelations. So referring about boasting, here's the kind of basis in this chapter. Just saying that that he's not going to boast and God has given him revelations. God has revealed him. God has used him. He's not highlighting that um, focus and he's talking about not boasting those things. Okay, verse 7. Or because of these surprising great revelations, therefore in order to, uh, to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. A messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded to the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in weakness. If you've got a pen, highlight that in your Bible. Make that your verse for this week. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore... I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. So, that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Incredible text, isn't it? Father God, we thank you for you. Know what we are going through. You know what we are facing. And so we just praise you in your name. Amen. So if we had to say, what are you suffering with right now? Dot, dot, dot. What would that be coming to your mind? What am I struggling with? Dot, dot, dot right now. What don't I want other people to see? Dot, dot, dot. What are some of those things? Well, we tend to hide these thorns. A Christian can't have that. I've got to wear and work and and walk and talk a certain way. And I've got to be this kind of person. Paul knows that he's got this thorn. He's fully aware of it. In fact, he's lent into it. So what are we hiding and how do we kind of stop? Well, firstly, we've got to adopt the thorn and don't hide it. We've got to, uh, sorry, not adopt, we've got to accept our thorn and not hide it. We've got to accept our thorn and not hide it. So in other words, Paul kind of knows, hey, I've got this thorn in my flesh. He's embraced it. He's turned around and said, well, this is my weakness. I know the struggle. I know the stake that is in me. I know the suffering. I know the pain that I'm going through. It's mine. I've struggled with this. We can see this. He says, I prayed three times to the Lord. It wasn't like, Lord, do you want to take this? Lord, do you want to take this? Lord, do you want to take this? This is, I've tried everything. If we feeling if we had a, a kind of a thorn in our side, wouldn't we go home and try to get it out? Grab your leatherman and pull out the knife section, you know, and just try to work it out. Can't get there, we go to the doctor and say to the doctor, you know, kind of sort this out. And we, we go and we try to deal with this. Why is it when we go through difficulties and when we go through suffering, we try and mask it and pretend it's not there? Why do we avoid it? Ah, no, that's okay. Deal it. Let future Dan deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that right now. But we've got to accept it. Paul, in this three times praying, this is a person in distress about this thought. It's this anguish. I've prayed three times. It's a message of Satan. It's here to torment me. This is not just something small. 
But Paul kind of going, I need help in this. I need help in this. I need help in this. What do you need help in? Do you accept that it's there? That those are the struggles you're going through? Maybe you've played it off and said, oh, well, this is what other people are going through. So who might to speak? And we try to play it down. What are you going through? And what is God's reply to Paul? This anguish and this pain, this distress. God, please, can you take this from me? This is almost saying, God, I cannot live with this. I cannot go on with this. This is kind of the, the context that he's saying this in. And God's response to him, my grace is sufficient for you. Paul's reaction, God, you're not going to take this away. God, you, you know how I'm struggling with this. God's reaction, my grace. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to do things in you. I'm going to work in you. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to carry you. I'm going to pick you up. The word here, grace, isn't just the gift of getting what, what, we, um, what we shouldn't, uh, what we didn't deserve kind of basis. It's so much more. You see the word sufficient. My grace is sufficient for you. In other words, not ending. It's not, oh, sorry, sorry, buddy, I've only got 20 bucks. See what you can do with that. All the best. It's not that kind of basis. It's saying, I have enough to get you through this. I have enough strength and grace, ability for what you need. I can take you through this. I can carry you through this. It is sufficient. You need nothing else but me. What are you hiding? What are you struggling with? What are you suffering? What burden are you carrying? Because God is saying, my grace is sufficient for you. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible what God has done? Someone wrote this, and it said, The will of God will never lead you to where God cannot keep you. I'll read that again. The will of God will never lead you to where the grace of God cannot keep you. God's grace is sufficient for you. So let's accept that. God, you know what it is. God, you know how much I struggle with this. God, you know what I'm going through. I want to give it to you. May I know your grace and your strength. Secondly, is to own your thorn, not to hide it. To own your thorn and not to hide it. He refers to this and says, I'll boast in my weakness. I'll boast in my weakness. Guys, have you seen how good I am at 30 seconds? That no one wants to play with me? That's how good I am. Boasting in weakness. Paul's doing this. He's saying, guys, don't look at all these things. Don't look at me as, as what you shouldn't. See me for who I am and for what I say. I'm a person that has experienced God's grace. A person that was persecuting the church, zealous, and yet experienced the grace of Christ on the road to Damascus. Experienced the grace 
as God has used me to build up the church that I was very persecuting. Paul's experienced grace. In fact, he starts with most of his lessons, may grace be with you. He ends them about grace. Ending words. Man has experienced incredible grace. And so he knows to boast in weakness. Now, I have shared this before, but just to highlight, I uh, struggled um, through primary school, through high school, all of that. Um, this whole concept of school didn't really work for me. Um, you know, the barbed wire was on the inside, not the outside. There was wardens, I mean teachers. Um, you were told you could go out to the yard to play and then you had to go back to a certain room. You were told when you could eat, what you had to do. You know, they had physical torture, I mean PT. Um, all sorts of things. Now, I struggled academically in, in grade one. I, I passed through, I think, purely because the teacher didn't want to keep me there. Uh, grade two, I had a crush on my grade two teacher that I stayed behind. Um, and that's where they picked up problems. And what one of the problems I have is I'm able to, I've got a high comprehension of things. I'm able to comprehend things well. Um, to understand that ability to do that, I've actually got quite a big, uh, not a big, but I've got a high IQ with it. But my ability to express what I've learned, to be able to dialogue, to put that out. My spelling is terrible. My grammar, when you sometimes hear me read, you'll see that I struggle with some of my reading sometimes. Um, that was always far lower. I am so grateful for Microsoft Word, but when Microsoft Word says, whoa, what? And you know, if it was Afrikaans, what's that? <laughs> you know, then I'm like, Linda, Jess. <laughs> I'm so grateful that they proofread for me. <laughs> In fact, I was instructed once, you know, make sure that everything goes through the office before you send it out um, because I'm not great at it. Um, and I realized that. And when it came to school, when it came to public speaking, I hated it. I really did. I cringed at public speaking. I remember one Afrikaans lesson when we were getting called up, you know, that hit list, that Russian roulette list. Please don't call me. Please don't call me. And the teacher's like, Change my surname, change my surname, change my surname. You know? And what was worse is when you weren't that middle, you were just there, there was only five kids left and you knew your time was coming. I hid under the desk, hoping the teacher would see that I was absent for the day. I hated public speaking. I couldn't do that. I struggled with academics and I am grateful to my mother, I'm grateful to the teachers. I think purely because they wanted to get rid of me. But I am so grateful to some of those people that built into my life. But you know what? I'm amazed to be able to stand here tonight. I'm so grateful for the church that has bared with my preaching over the last 10 years, for Pastor Paul, for Pastor Mike, uh, for so many people that have been helping me to coach and develop and help to build up my confidence, build up how I should preach. I'm so grateful to them. But I'm so grateful because God has done something in me. You know what? That weakness isn't there. If you want to see that, ask me to write you a letter and I will. Ask me to read something and you'll see it. That God's grace is there. And God has done something in me. So when we not only accept that thorn, when we own it, we realize absolute dependency on God. 
God, only you can get me through this. Guys, I passed with a, with a learning disability. I passed Afrikaans all the way through to matric. It was simple. You just wrote every answer with, yeah, that is. Okay? Even when it said nam. Okay. <laughs> but God's grace is there. So Paul says, I'm going to boast in my weakness. I'm going to boast in this. Why? Because I want to testify how great God is. I want people to realize that it's not me, but Christ who lives in me. Don't you want to do that? See, when we hide our struggles, when we deny those thorns, when we pretend it's not there, we never know the strength of God. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect when we don't feel perfect. In what? In weakness. What is your struggle that you're going through? What is that thorn that you're hiding? Maybe it's a sin that you're struggling with. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's an anxiety. Maybe you're worried about things. Maybe you're feeling in a place where you're just so hard-pressed that you can't see a light at the moment. God wants to be the source of your strength. When we own it, we lean on Him. We lean on Him. Paul knew he needed this. Why? Because it was going to stop him from being conceited. It was going to stop him from being boasting. It was going to stop him from being proudful. He knew that he just had to rely on God. Because pride is great at hiding things. Often what really is going on. And so he knew. So we accept it. We own it. And thirdly, we use it. We use it and we don't hide it. See, when we start to acknowledge our, strength, our weaknesses, when we acknowledge this thorn and we acknowledge God's grace, that God's grace is sufficient for us, we view the world absolutely differently in this. Now, I uh, was once, when I was working as a police reservist, we got called to a house and... Um, and the, the alarm had been going off and the person could see that the one door was open. And so we did house clearance. And this house had, these Northcliffe houses have so many rooms in different places. And I remember getting towards the, we had started on the one side and we were sweeping each room. And we got to this one room and it was my turn to sweep in. And as I went in, the curtains were closed, it was dark. And I saw this figure standing right there. And I remember pulling the firearm out and like, <gasps> that panic. And she had, just to realize that some weird people have a mannequin in their house. So I quickly looked around, made sure no one else was looking, stepped out the room to pretend I didn't do it, stood at the door and waited for the next guy to do the exact same thing. <laughs> See, when we start to actually confess, when we start to actually reveal these things, God can use it. I wanted to share one more story because I thought it was great not to embarrass myself. But um, we, got a, we got a call on the radio and uh, it was a, kidna a kidnapping in progress. And it was in Florida Police Station's district. And so being a neighboring station, we gave backup. 
And uh, we arrived at this petrol station where they said the kidnapping was going, and there were already quite a few uh, cars had quite a high response. And basically, a lady had taken the kids, taken two kids, uh, apparently one of her own kids from her husband who had custody, and uh, he, uh, the child's friend, and had taken them into this felt. Now, this was a weird felt. It was all bumpy and all sorts of things. And we could hear screaming going on. And so we, we blocked off, and we decided to kind of, kind of, cover all corners and build in and move in towards where this, the screaming was coming from. And eventually we get there and we're able to separate um, this lady from the kids who was clinging on to them and separate them. And, and I, my, my uh, captain and uh, the warrant officer managed to pull the two kids out of the situation. And we had all of this lady and this lady was on tick. And man, she was strong and screaming and all sorts of things. And you were wrestling. And there was about four or five of us trying to hold her down. And she's going on and trying to get cuffs on her and just trying to detain her. And it was just going raucous. And the whole time she's screaming, the year so blood is up me. And eventually I'm, I'm getting cross. So I'm going, it is a norm from this way. <laughs> and I'm a pastor. I can do this. And, it, and it's going on. And I hear in the background my captain is screaming, just pray. So I'm like, this is not demon possessed. I know she's acting like demon possessed. I've seen people with demon possessed. This is tick. This is not demon possession. Why does he want me to stop and pray? And why is he asking for prayer? Yeah, in this thing. And so we're resting with this lady, and it's going on, and she's screaming, yellows of Buddha, the blood is up, May, and they're going on wild, and, and we're trying to detain and try to hold it, and she's a lady, you don't want to, you know, like, ah. And, uh, and my captain is screaming, just pray. So I'm like, really? This is not, this is not possession. This lady is strange. She needs help. That's tick. And it's going on, and eventually we detain this lady. It takes eight of us to try to carry her out handcuffed. We actually had to like pick her up horizontally. Somebody had to hold her head so she didn't try to bite those who were holding other other shoulder. Grabbing and trying to take this lady out. And eventually we tame, uh, we put her into one of the vans, put the kid into to our vehicle, uh, kids into our vehicle, and all the way that she travelled down towards Florida Police Station, she was screaming. She was preaching. Um, all sorts of things were going on from that back. As you, as you pulled up to the robots, people were like, this is Florida on a, on a Saturday night. People were like, hey. <laughs> you know, we kept her in that van for a while. We were like, who's taking her out? I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> and she stayed in that van. So eventually, once everything had gone and we had the social workers come with the kids and do all sorts and it calms down, I go to the captain and I say, listen, that lady was on tick. And he goes, I know. I said, but why did you tell me to pray for her? She says, I didn't tell you to pray. I said, spray. Grab your pepper spray and spray. (laughs) Man, that was quite embarrassing. But you know what? It gave me an opportunity to minister. What do you mean you pray? What do you mean demon possessed? What goes on? There are a bunch of reservists that some of them were atheists, agnostics. I had an opportunity to minister at my embarrassment. Opportunity to share. See, when we don't hide our thorns, when we say, God, you can do, you can use, 
Lord. You can have a plan with my very struggle, the things I'm dreading, the things I'm hiding, the things I'm suffering with, dot, 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 the things that I, I feel like I can't go on with, dot, dot, dot. When I realize your grace is sufficient and that I am made perfect, your, my, your, for my power is made perfect in weakness, the God that gives us the power and it is perfect, so it's his grace that is sufficient. What incredible journey we have. Won't we view the world very differently? Won't we react to certain stances and situations differently? So why are we hiding it? Wouldn't it be incredible as a church to realize the grace we have? The grace that God has given. The very stakes that went into his arms. The spear that pierced his side. The crown that was on his head. If anyone knows about thorns, he did. For our grace. Realize he is perfect. And we get there. How can God use that? Imagine a church where we stopped hiding from things. From our very thorns and pretended to be walking fine. But rather started to walk on the limb. Because we could use it as a testimony. That we could journey together and we could share in the struggles together. How incredible would that be? How would we view those that have wronged us? How would we treat those that are different to us? What would we do in those circumstances? Use our thorns for God's glory. Philip Yancey tells of a story about a woman who was getting married and planned a huge wedding banquet. It was going to be held at this very fancy hotel and cost at that time over $13,000. And after everything had been planned, paid for, uh, the groom dumped her. She tried to cancel but could not get her money back because the food had already been bought. So instead, she decided to go ahead for the party. Years before, she had gone through a difficult time. And she'd lived in a homeless shelter. And so she decided to invite the down and outs for dinner. They were served a, a dinner of boneless chicken in honor of the groom. <laughs> homeless people were, were served this fancy meal with fine china and a band playing. And that incredible picture of the church and God's kingdom of God. A person who used to be broken and experienced brokenness to a person that absolutely knows blessing. Let's accept our thorn. Let's own it. Let's use it. And let us never hide it. Because we experience God's grace. And it is sufficient. For his power is made perfect in weakness. Praise the Lord. I want to finish off with this, Isaiah 43. This is a, a text that got me through my trick. 43 verse 1. But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob. Isn't it incredible that God created us? He who created you, O Jacob. He who formed you, O Israel. And you know this. He who created you, O Jacob. The fact that God knows your name. You're not suffering alone. He knows you. He formed you, O Israel, God who made you. 
and he didn't make a mistake. He knew exactly every single thing about you. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've saved you. My grace is sufficient for you. I've redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Isn't that incredible? God's called your name. I've summoned you by name. I'm calling to you. You are mine. We belong to him. We're children of him. He's not leaving you out and cold, dry and cold. Might be just leaving you cold right now. But, you know, he's never left you. You're his. You belong to him. He goes on to say, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through those moments where you feel like you're drowning, God is with you. God is with you. Where you feel like it's over your head, God is with you. I'm with you in that. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. I don't know if anyone has ever swam in a river. And you try to go that side and all of a sudden land up that side of the bank. That pressure that's there. No matter what pressure you're going through. No matter what's pushing you. No matter what struggles you're going. They will not sweep over you. They're not going to overcome you. They're not going to get the better of you. When you walk through the fire. You will not be burnt. Now please don't try that at home as literal. But when you walk through the fire. When you experience destruction around you. When you experience everything being consumed around you. When your energy is sapped. When you feel like you cannot face anymore. You will not be burnt. The flames will not set you ablaze. I love reading that and thinking of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. When you face that hardship. When you face that persecution. Whatever you face. God is with you. It will not sweep over you. It will not burn you. It will not set you ablaze. Why? Not because of who we are. Why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. My grace is sufficient for you. Praise you, Lord. Thank you that you know us. Thank you that you know that struggle, you know that difficulty. Thank you that you're with us. May we lean onto you. May we stop trying to hide it from you. May we accept it. May we own it. But may we use it for your glory. Even our embarrassing moments. Even things we go wrong. May you use that. I pray. In your name.